Welcome to the Groves. Thank you so much for coming. So glad you all are here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and gather now. Uh, Paul hasn't reclaimed his seat yet, so mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. there's something about Wren and a crack pipe and shrooms. I think that's separate, but I did not write these notes. <laughs> I'm just picking out keywords. <laughs> here. Yeah. Teasers. Teasers. You're going to want to listen. Yeah, spoilers, yes. And, yeah. And Sonia mm -hmm. flosses her teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we should all applaud Thank her you. for that. Thank you. I think that's um, yeah. pretty commendable. Mm-hmm. Bree and I are twins. You may not know this. Maybe more of the soul. <laughs> but, you know, yes. We're ENFPs. ENFPs. Uh, Sonia is a little bit more achievement-oriented than I am. <laughs> I think I that... I think you're more successful at follow through. <laughs> no. No? No. Oh. We're exploring this. With yeah, you today. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Brie often gets mistaken for being Asian. That's a true statement. That has happened. So. I am not part Japanese, part Korean, part Filipino, part Hispanic, <laughs> neither of those things. I do think that I am 46% Norwegian. Um, Did you do 23 in me? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, so that's why you know the exact 46%? 46%. I thought maybe you were just pulling that out of thin air. No, I am not. Thanks. Yeah. I thought maybe Brie felt like she was 46% Norwegian. <laughs> We've had discussions about uh, Laplander, which is the native up mm -hmm. in Norway. Yeah. Uh, we also have some family photos of people in Greenland, like Greenland Eskimos. We've talked about that. I, I own that. I can't, there, I've got no percentage, no DNA test to confirm those things. Um, it's just folklore. Even though I have done a DNA test, there's a- What's the other 54%? 1 1% unknown. Okay, what's the other 53%? A mix of a lot? And Finnish, they're like all. Okay, but I guess to be fair, I didn't say Norwegian, it was, it, what is the general oh, term? Oh, now we're getting the truth. Now the truth. <laughs> Scandinavian. 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 Okay. So you could so be part Korean is what we're saying. Yes. Okay. 100%. <laughs> Thank you so much for this time. Uh, yes. Here's Paul. Breathe to breathe. Woo! Oh, man. Don't even get me started. Add that to my list. All right. Oh man, I'm so glad you are all here. Missed you last week. I was hanging out in Seattle for a, we were at Inhabit Conference, as you all know, hung out for a few more days longer. Back in the swing of all the things. Um, yeah. Man. Here give give we another are pitch for the Inhabit Conference. Face our, to face. our team that went. Um, Hello. The elder and the pastoral team all went up together. And I'd say across the board, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't care if you do it publicly. That's fine. Um, we all had an amazing time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was yeah. Yeah, you know, challenging. Like, like I, I said this last week, and you weren't here for this, um, but I mean, you know this. I'm not a conference-going person that no. is like, oh, I love conferences. But, um, and many of you are not that. And so I'd say go next year. Yeah. 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 Would you advocate for that? Yes. Okay. I'll let I'll give you a heads up <laughs> that it's coming. No, it's a great um, the Inhabit Conference is the yearly kind of the the larger gathering for Parish Collective, and Parish Collective is is um, I want to it's global in that Australia, New Zealand, UK, Canada, US, but it's headquartered in Seattle. There are three uh, people in Seattle who kind of initiated and started the whole thing. But the focus of Parish Collective is, is neighbor. It's pointing people to, do you know your neighbor? Are you loving your neighbor? How do we live into our place and our neighborhoods and um, working together for the good and for the flourishing of the neighborhood? Um, and so it means what I love about that, kind of that question and that conversation is that it includes everyone. And then it also forces us to engage with everyone. We don't get to hold on to or we're confronted with our own biases and our prejudices and all those things yeah. that might keep us in silos when we consider how are we loving our neighbor. Because we don't get to choose our neighbors, right? We don't get to pick 
who lives across the street from us or above us or next door. Um, but we are asked and instructed to love our neighbor. And so we have to wrestle with a lot of things uh, in that. But it also means that we get to um, find common ground and work together for good. Um, and so that stuff is, that, that opens up so many possibilities and so much good work and so many ways in which being a Christian um, can be reframed for people. So I love the parish yeah. people. Well, and it, we've talked, I've talked about this. It resonates with me so much because in, in my humble opinion as a theological thinker, I think one of the um, ways that things get out of order at times is when the, uh, what we call the Great Commission, you know, the, the sending out to make disciples, um, usurps uh, the greatest commandments, right? And so the, the mission of the church um, is not informed by the greatest commandment all the time. And so it's, um, mm -hmm. we're driven yes. to see conversions and see people brought into church buildings and grow organizations and all these things which are fine and good, but sometimes they're not fully informed by what Jesus mm -hmm. embraced as the greatest commandment, love God with everything and love neighbor, love your neighbor mm -hmm. as yourself. And so that's one of the, that's what rings for me uh, with this group, with mm -hmm. this organization, is they're, they're taking that as the sending force. That's what sends them into mm -hmm. the world, and mm -hmm. they recognize that. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that comes first. Mm -hmm. And then folks mm -hmm. being made into disciples mm -hmm. um, are, is subject to that and, uh, and, and informed by that. Yeah, yeah. I already said that. So, anyway. Yeah, we had it. It was good. You'll hear more about it, and you'll hear more about Parish Collective because, um, yeah, because we're, we're connected. We're getting more deeply connected, so yeah. they're good people. You're going to love them. We're all going to love one another. Okay, cool. You <laughs> will love them. <laughs> it's not quite too late. It might be a little late, but not too late to join us on Wednesday nights for Pub Theology. Wednesday nights, seven, it's too late. <laughs> Trevor says it's too late. You've missed it. Um, Wednesday night, seven o'clock, Horse Breast Pub at was that 49th in Belmont. Yeah, and so we're going through a book called Texts of Terror. And uh, if, if you haven't been around, what I've been doing this year with pub theology is intentionally uh, trying to listen to minority voices within uh, the world of theology. So um, we uh, this one is by a, a woman named Phyllis Trouble. And um, it's a uh, look at uh, Old Testament texts through a feminist lens. Uh, in other words, like um, if you think women are equal to men, right? Like that through that lens. Um, everybody laughs when you describe fem feminism that way, right? Like, because that's really what it is, right? Um, it, it gets a bad rap. So it's a uh, and it's a it's a challenging book, wouldn't you say? Like it, it's. Challenging yeah, as when you look at stories of women and how they're yeah, represented in scripture yeah. and in the text, and then you wrestle as a Christian and as a believer, as right. a person who, yeah, yeah. those so, are good things to wrestle with. Um, there'll be three more sessions, I think. We we did the story of Hagar this last week, and then um, mm -hmm. this week will be the story of Tamar. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah, there are two. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the... Um, the daughter of David. Ah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How that about was those? My commercial okay. <laughs> Are we jumping in? Yeah. Well, I was on? just gonna go. How We're about gonna... those trailblazers? Just to oh. segue, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. Four overtime. Yeah. What? No big deal. <laughs> Watching today at four. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. We're gonna finish James today. We're finishing up James. <laughs> Yeah. Did you remember we were in the book of James, anybody? <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, we're wrapping it up, yeah. so here we go. Yeah, well, I was, uh, I was thinking about this. Um, I, I, it made me think of, uh, especially this last passage, made me think of kind of this little routine that Rennick and I have established in the mornings. Um, you're not always there for that because you're often up and running, out, out doing flowers or uh, meeting with people or doing stuff by that time. And um, But we kind of get in this routine of, um, you know, I always tell him I love him, I'm proud of him, you know, and then I give him a piece of advice, you know, and, and usually it's just funny advice. We're just being silly. And so, he needs silly yeah. to go into school. Yeah, so, you know, mm -hmm. I'll talk to him about, like, 
you know, stay out of gangs and, and <laughs> drug wars and stuff like that, you know. And he kind of laughs and yeah, laughs and out the dark. I'll be like, stay okay. off the crack pipe, okay, you know, and I'll say things like that, or don't do shrooms, you know, and <laughs> these are all things I've said to him as we've gone out the door. <laughs> this is not, I'm not making this up. Stay, say no to bath salts. Um, <laughs> We'll, we'll do stuff like that. And then I start running out of uh, particular drugs to <laughs> tell him about. And so then I'm like, okay, well, and we keep working on it. I'm like, okay, now you tell me some advice, you know. Yeah. And so his exhortations have um, they've guided me away from dabbing, um, <laughs> to avoid dabbing. Apparently this is a thing. Uh, I don't know. You wouldn't call it a dance. It's a move. Yeah, it's a gesture that white dads took over and ruined (laughs) from a real thing. Is that what happened? I watched a um, a uh, 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 thing on that actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with James Corden in the. Did you see that? In the where was it? Who just did it? The dad in the back. The dad. (laughs) The dad from Wilsonville in the back showed us. Oh. 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 He's got dad shorts and everything. He says. Um, he has warned me off of flossing, um, the dance, not the act of dental hygiene. Yes, because nothing will cause Rennick to fall into the fetal position crying more than seeing his mom flossing in the kitchen. I do this on purpose now. He's just sitting there and I'm just like, (laughs) and he just literally falls on the ground and starts crying. Yeah, just the, he's mortified. He is so embarrassed. I can't wait to do it on. It's a shame attack. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. His first day of eighth grade, man, I'm going to be there. <laughs> like, bye, Rennick. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love him. His last piece of advice to me, for some reason, was to avoid writing fan fiction. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't know. Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Funny. But I was thinking about this because this last part of James is um, is kind of like these general exhortations. It mm-hmm. almost sounds like, uh, as we're leaving, this is the farewell. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you, the church, some advice. I'm going to give you some, some final uh, ideas. And he, he comes back around to some stuff that he's been talking to but um, throughout the letter. But he is giving them, like, farewell, don't do this stuff, or mm-hmm. do this stuff, right? That's the kind of thing. So it, it feels like that. The last passage feels like he's seeing us off. Um, you know, but instead of like silly banter, such as Ren and I engage with, um, <laughs> he starts with this this question mm. that um, I just I find so powerful, mm. especially in this season, where um, if you've been around uh, for some of our gatherings, we uh, Jeff and Nancy have shared a few weeks, and um, I shared very raw and openly last week just about the. Um, Honestly, the emotional and um, like emotional health and psychological health work that we've been doing as a as a team together, our, our elder team has been and doing a bunch of work and really facing um, ourselves, you know, facing our our, our emotional scars and, and different pains and stuff that we have, and so um, it seems to be right in line with this first question that he he hits you with right off the bat in verse thirteen. He just says. Uh, and we'll be reading from the message. So the way Eugene Peterson translates it is, are you hurting? That's his first, first thing he hits you with, you know, just like, which is so awesome because it's such a pastoral question. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who cares about you, somebody mm-hmm. who, who loves you, who just looks at you. And I just had that sense as I'm reading that, you know, it's just Pastor James looks at you. Hey, before you go, are you hurting? Mm-hmm. You know, and he addresses a few of the common states that we find ourselves in, right? He kind of goes through a bunch of different things. Are you hurting? Or are things going well for you? Are you sick? Right? And, and incidentally, when he's talking about this, it's probably meaning so sick you can't get to a gathering uh, is kind of what's indicated here. Are you struggling with uh, sin? Or if you don't like that word, your brokenness. <laughs> um, you know those who have left the faith. And a lot of this, I feel like, is a summation of um, basically you could just be like, are you human? Are you human? Yes. Yeah. Are, are you yeah. a person? Because <laughs> if you are, this is part of your condition, you know? And, um, and if you are human, if you're, I love, I love when we do that, if you're here today 
and, and <laughs> I say that pretty well. Because you're here. You know. That's why it makes me laugh. If you're here today, and mm -hmm. if you're human, <laughs> um, you're going to experience all of this, right? And we talk about this a lot. You're going to experience it even more if you risk loving others and, and being in relationships, right? This, mm -hmm. this is the risk we take, that, that um, place of vulnerability that we put ourselves in by doing that, mm -hmm. you know? Being a, a part of a group like this um, puts us in that position. Yeah, and I w when I, we are a small enough community that, right, we don't get to like eat, slip in and out without being seen. We don't get that. And so if you want that, you usually don't stay, right? Because we notice, right? We're no we see one another and we hear one another and we're nosy enough to know what's going on in each other's lives, right? And here's what I love about this group. Can I just love on you for a little bit? Here's what I love about this community is that we are not the kind of people who are going to talk to each other about it. We're going to just come right mm -hmm. up to you and go, are you hurting? Yeah. What's going on with you? What's happening? And that, that's a sign of health. That's a, mm -hmm. I love that. I love that we're that kind of a community. And I also love that we are, you know, we're growing and learning how to ask those questions and not be too, like, you know, crowding space or, right? We know when to walk away. We, we know when to press in. We know when to ask those questions, and I love that. And I hope that when you hear that from someone, what you're hearing is, I love you, and I care about you, yeah. and, and I want to help if there's any way that I can help. Um, but I just, I, as I was reading this and thinking about it, I just felt this, this joy and this happiness about a community that is being built that is, that is genuinely a place that we're trying to make, not just safe, but brave right? Where, like Eric said, we can come in with our full selves and who we are, and we can, we know that no matter what we say, and that, that we are not going to be judged for that, or cast out, or separated, or silenced, or marginalized, because of the very, because we see the humanity in one another. Like, oh yeah, uh, you're broken too. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you this because I, you know, because we share yeah. it. Yeah. We own it, and we share it, um, and we want to we want to. We want truth and love, don't we? We want yeah. both. Well, yeah. you've you've heard me say, and I know most of you have heard me say that one of the powerful moments I remember from my time in seminary was uh, a professor issuing a, kind of a call to us and said, "What if the gathering of the church when we got together was was more like an AA meeting, where we we all just went in and said, hey, this is who I am, and we're all this.' And he said, you know." We're all addicted to sin, whatever it is. And that, that sense of acceptance and that non-judgmental uh, mm -hmm. facing of one another, um, what that would be like. And, and the reason that has stuck with me so much isn't just the words of the professor saying that. It's the atmosphere it created in the room when he said it. Mm. Right? When he said that, the, it, it was one of those moments where you could feel collectively the class got it. The class was like, oh, what could that be like? What could that be like? And so that's still part of what I dream of what, uh, what, our, what we could be, that, that we could, because it's not easy, right? This takes work. I mean, this, you have these, these dreams and these ideas of what a faith community can look like, and you set it forth, and you gather a group of people that agree with you, and you start building it, and then you, you realize 10 years in, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like we're just getting started. You know, and you can see the DNA, and you can see the, the, the stuff is there, um, but it, it, it's just like, it, it's like growing up, mm -hmm. right? If you want to grow, you keep kind of digging deeper layer after deeper layer, and, and at any point, you can choose to stop growing mm -hmm. and just be that person. And at any point, this group of people could do that. We could collectively just decide, ah, this is enough. Mm -hmm. I don't want to push any farther. I don't want anyone to know me anymore, and I don't want to know anyone. You mm -hmm. can choose that, but we give up so much. Mm -hmm. and, and this idea, this, um, this discussion around risking vulnerability has been coming up for a, us a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. I, I blame Brene Brown, yeah. personally. <laughs> yeah. She's like on Netflix now. Have you seen that? Oh, why yeah. does she see into our souls like that? Yeah, well, so good. It's data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's data. <laughs> Qualitative research right there. Yeah, yeah, Brene Brown. Seriously, if you haven't watched Brene's, Brene Brown's, um, her talk, on her TEDx talk on YouTube, just look up Brene Brown Vulnerability. It's about a 20-minute TED talk. Um, it's powerful. 
And then, yeah, she has a Netflix special that's like an hour and, and 15 minutes that mm. is absolutely worth watching. Um, you could just play it, you know? Yeah, but next week. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she movie, has. Movie, <laughs> movie Sunday. Yeah. Anyway, I was just thinking about my teacher friends. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie day today. <laughs> we don't ever yeah. do that. No, we should. We Popcorn should lean into movies. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Noted, yeah. yeah. All right. Brene, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This creating original content every week is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is exhausting. Over That's it. true. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, maybe it's this idea that is in our minds right now, and I, I really believe um, being invited by God. We're, I feel like we're being invited by God to, to go to a deeper place in ourselves and in relationship with each other and ultimately in relationship with God. And, um, I do think that's happening. So some of that's maybe why when I look at this passage, I see this stuff. I see vulnerability as the key to um, mm -hmm. responding to what James is asking and then also mm -hmm. giving mm -hmm. uh, of answers, right? Because it, it requires vulnerability to answer the question, are you hurting? Mm -hmm. Right? You, I mean, that you can't. And you have like a second, right? Like, yeah. let's say, let's just play this out. If we're here and we're having our coffee and we're eating our food and someone's like, oh, how are you doing? Are you hurting? Or if you're like, if someone's like, are you hurting? I'd be like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we right. have a second, right? Like there's that moment like, ah, does it look yeah, like it? You know? Or like, right? right. Yeah. Right. It takes, there's a, so it's not just even like, oh, I'm going to choose to be vulnerable. Like <laughs> decision made. But there's a way in which we have to embody, you, be, you know, embodying yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway living and existing in that. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's something we have to learn. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is one thing that is so beautiful to me about the, um, the Roman Catholic tradition of spiritual direction. It's a very intentional uh, relationship that you might have with a, 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 that's what they call them, a spiritual director. And they'll ask you questions like this and, and um, expect you to be open and, and, and and dig and it's it's a in some ways it is a form of therapy and um it's a way that you can move forward and and even get to know yourself right sometimes i won't even admit to myself that i'm hurting right i, I talked about this a lot last week because i talked about um my struggle with perfectionism and um my abhorrence for weakness in myself and and that, that was a big part of what i i spent our time together talking about last week and um so with that as an example, I, I know that I often will not even admit to myself that I'm hurting because for me that shows that I'm being weak or that there's a, there's a flaw in me, right? And if I can't admit that to myself, how can I ask for help from anyone? Right, right. Yeah, and if you're in that, yeah, in that denial. Yeah. But it's, it's a good thing you're married to an Enneagram 4. That is. All the feels. Yeah. I feel like you're <laughs> hurting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It is good though. Like mm -hmm. if we yeah, if we can I'm learning this in our relationship. I'm learning this in the relationship with my my closest friends. If we really can start to understand this stuff like our differences and um trust one another, mm -hmm. lean on one another, uh the richness of life mm -hmm. starts to open up. And when we, when we, from, a, from a pastoral perspective or just a fellow spiritual traveler kind of perspective, I'm telling you, when, when I step back and I'm not so worried about protecting myself all the time and I don't mm. have all these walls up and I'm willing to lean on those around me, um, not only am I healthier, but then that I can, I can more actively listen to God. I can more actively listen to the hurting in the world because I'm not constantly consumed with my own pain or um, covering that up. Mm -hmm. And so um, our differences in embracing that, not just letting those be tension or something we joke about, which is fine to do, um, are, it's kind of like that thing I talked about last week, our weakness, you know? Um, if we will let our weakness be out there and depend on somebody who else who has strength in that area, I mean, we start to look like these descriptions in the New Testament of uh, were a body, and and um, 
the need for one another is real if we're willing right. to we're just in it. denial yeah yes. we're denying yes. we're denying that we actually need one another yeah yeah yeah, yeah it requires vulnerability uh, to acknowledge um, that you're so physically ill right coming back to the passage uh, the, the level of um, vulnerability it requires to, to admit that you're so physically ill that you need others to come to you because you can't get to them mm-hmm. you know I, th- I thought that was a powerful image um, it requires vulnerability to admit that you have sin or um, to admit that someone you know and love left the community of faith. I mean, that, that's a tough thing at times. When we've had friends who not just leave the, the, this particular community, but leave the faith, you know, mm-hmm. because we'll, we'll blame ourselves, right? What did we not do right? How did we not keep them here, right? And um, it requ- the, all, the, all those discussions... These things, they kind of lay us bare if we're willing to face them honestly, you know? Even his question about are things going well uh, requires vulnerability. If we're willing to be um, vulnerable, then we're better able to hear uh, his advice on each of these statements. So here's the passage um, in its entirety. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we're reading from the message, James chapter 5, starting with verse 13. Are you hurting? Pray. Do you feel great? Sing. Are you sick? Call the church leaders together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the master. Believing prayer will heal you, and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you sin, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah, for instance, human, just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't, not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came, and everything started growing again. My dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back, and you'll have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's pretty, pretty simple. I mean, there's some fun stuff in this passage. There's some interesting things to me. Um, but the, I mean, it's interesting that uh, the idea of, like, uh, the sick, he's probably talking about those who are so sick who can't come to the gathering. Um, and, and the anointing with oil was maybe what Christians did to have a symbol of medicinal uh, and spiritual together because the oil represented what was used in medicine of that time. And, um, I mean, there's some cool stuff like that in there, but... At the heart of it, these are just practical statements that challenge us, you know, in this way. If we're hurting, let's be open enough to admit it to ourselves and to each other and to God. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, if we're willing to do that, we can get to that, that piece of advice he gives to pray, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And, that, and it, when I was reading this, it confronted sort of, sometimes we look at prayer as um, magic or an incantation. If I do this then, right? And then we're disappointed when what we want doesn't happen the way that we want that to happen. But really, it's about connecting and being earnest with God, right? It's about that conversation with him, like being honest about, and it's not a secret to him. That's the great part. He knows, right? And so we can stop pretending or presenting as though we've got it or we're together or we, you know, we can just say, God, here's the, here's the situation. I'm mad at you about this. I'm mad about this situation. I'm hurting right now. This is what's happened, and I'm angry about it, right? But it's like opening that up and beginning to have that. It's, it's prayer is about the conversation, not about magic, right? Or not about if we say it the right way or do it the right way. Um, and again, and then with one another, it, if we can be that, like what Paul's saying, can we be that vulnerable and that honest with one another? Yeah. And um, yeah. Well, and prayer is a good place to actually start that. Start that exercise of actually verbalizing out loud the hurt that's going on with you, you know, um, to actually let it out when you're alone, talking to God and just telling him. And then maybe if you're willing to be that vulnerable, that that, uh, way of admitting it to yourself and to God in that private place, maybe next you can admit it to a friend, admit it to somebody that you're chatting with on a a Sunday when you're here or over coffee sometime during the week or something. Mm-hmm. And um, prayer can reach 
you know, beyond that moment, right? It, it reaches into kind of all these aspects of our life and, and opens our heart, opens our mind. It's, uh, it's powerful, right? James says, if all things are going well, sing praises. Praise and gratitude changes how we experience uh, everything, right? It reveals that we're not taking all the credit for the good stuff in our life. Like when things are going good, practicing gratitude uh, is is so such a powerful way to reduce ego, right? And 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 a powerful way to combat that that um, that really false uh, self confidence that we build up in those times. Um, I've been practicing this a lot lately because I I recognize that this is a, a weakness in my uh, naturally critical mind. Um, is that I, I'm consistently. Uh, critiquing and anal analyzing and, and even really critical uh, of things at times and, and often don't get to the place of gratitude. And, and so I've been really conscious about going, okay, what, what am I thankful for in my life? And um, I am going to quote Brene Brown. Uh, I, I, uh, the stuff she has to say about this is, is powerful and it is true. And uh, she says this, uh, joy is not a constant. It comes to us in moments, um, often ordinary moments. Sometimes we miss out on the bursts of joy because we're too busy chasing down the extraordinary moments. Other times we're so afraid of the dark, we don't dare let ourselves enjoy the light. A joyful life is not a floodlight of joy. That would eventually become unbearable. I believe a joyful life is made up of joyful moments gracefully strung together by trust, gratitude, and inspiration. And um, in her special, she talks about um, the, the type of people, and I am this type, that you'll kind of look around and you'll be like, you know, life, it's working right now. You know, you're like, stuff with the kids are good. Uh, work is good. Your marriage is working. All right, you know, and you start to have this moment of joy, and then whew, you're like, oh, wait, what's going to happen? You know, this sense of dread comes in and you're like, I just know something bad is, is going to happen at any moment. So when she describes that, that's me. And, um, and, and she says, and, and, and I will testify she is right, if we practice gratitude, it can stop us from uh, dropping into those moments of dread. If I can just go, man, thank you, God, for this moment right here. Thank you for, for the 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 beauty of openness and communication in Sonia and I's relationship today. What's working, right? Thank you for this moment with Dee or with Maddie or with Rennick, you know, or uh, thank you for this, this gathering um, that we have when we can just be in a place of peace together and, and spend a little bit of time just hanging out and loving God. You know, for me, thank you for this musical moment. Right? And, then all, and when you start building, I mean, do it. You start building up the stuff in your life, and you're like, especially if you'll string together those little moments. Oh, my goodness. You start going, wow, I am, I am, I am blessed, you know? I mean, I won't do hashtag stop. I, it's where you were going, isn't it? No. no? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, and then what happens, literally, is what James says. If things are going well, sing. Yes. So what happens in our house when there's gratitude mm -hmm. is singing and dancing. Yeah. There's singing and dance, dancing. I mean, Shh. you need to come over. <laughs> I came home from Inhabit. The music was pumping, and Paul came out dancing. Like, who is this person, right? And why is he dancing right now? No. But dancing and singing happen when we allow our bodies to respond to those feelings of joy. And here's what I will say, like, let, um, not to overly generalize, but I will. Okay, what white church misses out of from, like, black church, from, right, is there's a piece of joy in coming together and an expression of that. Yeah. That's not to say we're not happy. I think we just suppress it all, or we're like, I don't even know what's going on. Like we, we, as a well, white I culture mean, person. Who study, but, I mean, you've studied this stuff as a, so like a sociology major yeah. and, and a lot of the, and we've studied this. Yeah, I'm not making it up. This isn't just my opinion. Right, but, yeah. right. That, that, <laughs> that this is true, that, that, um, that our dominant culture, right, the culture that we live in, it's mainly influenced by, by white culture. 
And that culture is a perfectionistic culture. That is the, what we live in. And it is, it is next to impossible to experience things like dancing, right? in a perfectionistic culture yeah. because you're afraid of looking silly. I'm terrified of it. I'm mortified that you just told all of them. That it was right? a case study. I was trying to demonstrate right. the reality of it. But I mean, it's, it's true. Like when, when Dominic is eating something he really likes, he starts to dance. Yeah. And then he starts singing silly songs that, you know, it's like jingle bells but with different words about carrots. You know, like, he's just excited. He's happy yeah. about that, right? Yeah. I do the same thing. If I sit down to a yummy cheesecake, right, I take this, I'm like, mm, right? <laughs> Am I right? Like, our bodies, yeah. like, let's stop suppressing it and let's engage with that vulnerable yeah. emotional space. Yeah. Okay, so let me just say mm. this morning, this pastoral heart during worship, I was like, okay, if, okay, being vulnerable, my first thought was like, man, are we really appreciating what we've got here? Like, that was my first thing. Like, no, we're not. Like, that was, I was critiquing. I said, no, no, no. Like, that, I was just saying, oh, my gosh, we're so rich. Like, we're so fortunate that we have people that love music and are passionate about it and are passionate about using music to connect us with the divine and together. I mean, how powerful and awesome is that? And they're good, you know? Like, I'm not distracted by you know, it's so good. It's so rich. And then like when, during one song, I'm just like, man, I want to dance. Like I'm starting to feel this freedom. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying as a community, let's go deeper into that vulnerability, into that place of, man, I'm going to let my emotion. And what Eric said this morning was like, I think the spirit was saying to us and we need to listen. If we need to ugly cry, yeah. let's ugly cry. Yeah. If we want to dance it out, if we want to like, let's do that. Yeah. Let's stop suppressing it yeah yeah james says if things are good sing about it yeah. right if you're hurting let's pray about it yeah if you're sick or unable to get to the, no. i think i wanted to comment on oh, this yeah. uh, before we roll on down i, I really uh, wanted to get this because what i was thinking about is you know there's not a ton of us in our community that's so sick that we can't get to church and and that sort of thing um but what I know is common is um, levels of um, mm -hmm. if we're just going to be real levels of anxiety and depression that keep us mm -hmm. away from from our people right and I think this passage has the ability to challenge us to say listen if you are too depressed you're too full of anxiety to come to the gathering then then let somebody know Ask somebody to come over. Ask somebody to come over and just go for a walk with you. Ask for somebody to, to come over and bring you a meal. Um, just let some, you might not even have to do, ask for anything. No, yeah. Just say, come I was going to say, you don't have to ask. You say, yeah. man, I'm just really in this place. And yeah. you know what? Like, I know that if you message someone from this group, they're going to go, what can I do for you? Yeah. Do you need something? Can I bring you food? Flowers, let's go for a walk, right? Like you, like, because sometimes the ask, right. like we don't, we can't ask when we're in that place. Yeah. That's, but, and we don't even know maybe what we want or what we need. Yeah. But you're going to, if you can open up that, if you just open up the window a crack, you're going to hear, there's someone on the other side that's going to be, yes. what can we do? And you're going to know that, hopefully know that you're loved, yeah. that we care about you. And even when we can't meet, like, we can't fix it, but we can be there. Right. And practice that vulnerability. And we can do what James challenges us to do, is prayer, prayer of faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this image of, um, you know, some of the commentators were suggesting that uh, it, it's, there's nothing magical about the elders. There's nothing magical about the oil. It's the Lord that does the healing. Um, these are, these are um, expressions of faith that, that mm -hmm. are being put forth. And um, so anybody can do this, you know, can, can reach out can bring something that is either a symbol of, of mm -hmm. physical healing or actually help with, uh, you know, chicken soup, right? Like <laughs> that, that might be our anointing oil, right? Or you can literally go old school and bring some oil and rub it on somebody's head. Go for it, man. <laughs> like, let's, let's do this stuff. Let's see what happens. What kind of health can, can God bring us to if we would listen to this? Because the reason I'm bringing in stuff like the Brene Brown ideas and some of these um, more popular expressions is I'm trying to get us to see that folks who study human beings um, from a scientific perspective discover often many of the same 
things that are expressed in, in, in uh, wisdom of Scripture, mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's what I see here, is I see them saying the same thing in different mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I think yeah. it can be powerful if, if we'll listen, if we're willing to be vulnerable enough, right? Yeah. This one was hitting me really hard, honestly, the next one where James encourages us to be vulnerable, to confess our sins to one another. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'll pray for you. <laughs> I'll do the oil, like whatever. Yeah. But you want me to tell you about like what I, like, mm. you know, like let's be honest about that, right? Uncomfortable, not okay. I, when I was like, how many people in my life would I, am I that honest with about my own brokenness and my own struggle and times when I fail like that, like, who do, like, zero, right? Like that, I'm just like, right, who knows the deep, dark recesses of, you know, this, you know, God. <laughs> but um, so that was really, really crazy to me. But what was helping me get around, like, be like, oh, he's serious, and this is why. Because James says, confession and prayer is how we live together, whole and healed. Yeah. And what hit me was like, man, I do want whole and healed, right? I want together whole and healed. And what James is saying is that the way to that is confession and prayer, yeah. right? And so, like, I don't know, I was just like, who wants to be whole and healed? Everybody. I'm like, could we try this? Maybe, you know? <laughs> Do you have someone you can truly share all your stuff with? Mm. You know, can we really become that brave space for one another? And I think that those, the, the foundation is there. Like I said, we're a group of people that we are... Like, I, I, everyone who I know in this room is a non-judgmental person. Like, they yeah. are going to respond with grace and mercy and love every single time. Every single person in this room is like that. I know that. Um, and, and realizing, like, man, if we practice confession and prayer, we would probably, in this, when I'm thinking about the nature of the people in this room, we will probably become more gracious and merciful to ourselves and to mm -hmm. one another if yeah. we begin practicing that. If we're honest with one another, it shouldn't take us long to realize we all have our junk to work through and that nobody is perfect. And this non-judgmental, gracious space is how we, like James says, we live together whole and healed. And that, that picture and that image, man, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm willing to risk that vulnerability for that together whole and healed. Um, yeah. Confession pulls us together. Confession is something because I think like, in, in evangelicalism, mm -hmm. um, it isn't like the, the liturgy of practice the way that it is like in the Catholic Church, for yeah, example. Well, so I it's mean, not... We, historically, we lost some really powerful things uh, when uh, you know, Protestantism broke away mm -hmm. from Roman Catholicism. And so there were... And there were definitely, obviously, crazy power dynamics and like who you can confess to. James isn't like right. confess to... Uh, it's confess to one another. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's so to one another. Baby got thrown out with the bathroom. Yeah, let's get rid of all of it. Yeah, yeah. when confession, James says this is what's going to make us whole and heal yeah. together. Mm -hmm. um, it, confession removes presumption and pride. Yeah, awesome. Confession removes the power of shame and guilt. Mm. Okay, can, let's just acknowledge that when we have junk in our lives we're gonna, and we try to hide that, we are going to live in the shadow and we give power to shame and guilt in our lives. Yeah. And um, it is when we come into the light that we get that freedom. So the encouragement is like, let's get out of the shadows into that light so we can stop giving power to shame, yeah. right? And it's something from, we from front of the room to the back, right. right? I mean that that is some of the reason we've talked about this. Like, how can we? And we, we want to figure this out how to practically do it to set up so we communicate that even in how we actually physically set up, right? Because some something is a little bit communicated um, with us up front and you all sitting in rows facing us as if we're the experts uh, telling you this stuff. And we work hard and we study and all that kind of stuff, but we're not the experts. We're, we're all doing this together, 
And, and, and we need to work on being able to understand that and communicate that better all the time. And everything you're saying and, and everything you're saying as we go through this section just keeps bringing me back to that idea of like, like an AA meeting, you know? Hey, I'm Paul. I'm broken. I don't get it right all the time, you know? Hi, Paul. You know? Hi, Paul. <laughs> and, I mean, that, yes, that's powerful yeah. if we really yeah. believe And James that. says it should be our common practice. So it's not like we let it build up till it's, like, enormous, and we're like, ah, oh, now we're, like, yeah. vomiting our stuff on one another. I almost swore. We're vomiting <laughs> our stuff on one another. It's that. You better not. They're watching. I'm, oh, crap. I and there's know. comments, so you can tell they're watching I'm, right now. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, James says confession and prayer should be common practice, and it's for our good, for the health and the wholeness mm. of, to get, of being together. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. I love this stuff because it, at times, you know, the religious nature of what it is to be a Christian can kind of steal or kind of kind of put a, a, a barrier or, or a space between like what we would consider to be real life and um, and the statements in scripture and what we consider to be Christianity. But when we dig down on this stuff, when we start to go, no, this this informs like the the depths of who we are if we'll let it, if we'll if we'll listen and we'll let it kind of dig down deep in us. And um, that's when it becomes powerful to me. It's when the 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 lofty ideas um, can be applied, you know, today. <laughs> when I go home, when I'm talking with you, when I'm dealing with the kids, you know, like that part of life and, and every other aspect. Um, finishing up, I love this final statement. Um, don't give up on one another. It's powerful. Um, I, I liked the little note from the New Bible Commentary on this section. It says, um, he's talking about don't give up on those who have left the faith, right? And he talks about covering over sin. And um, the New Bible Commentary says this, By cover, these authors presumably mean atoned for, since a frequent Old Testament image is that of the blood of an offering covering sin. The opposite of love is hatred, which spreads rumors and stirs up strife. For James, love acts through bringing the person as gently as possible back to repentance. That repentance will be accepted by God who will forgive the sins. Yeah, I love the ending and I love how, was that your phrase, don't give up on one another? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I really like that. That was a good paraphrase. Maybe <laughs> you should write a YouTube. I should a, write the Bible. You should write the Bible. <laughs> We went into cult right there. That's where that took a turn. Yeah. No, it's fun for me. Yeah. But this, the, honestly, when I, read, when I read the book of James, because James is so powerful, there's so much practical and good advice, and the way he ends it is not good to me. As a writer, I'm like, nah, he didn't end that well. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, and if someone's wandering off, go get them, make sure, you know, yeah. bye. Like, he doesn't even say goodbye, honestly. He just leaves it there. I'm like, did he not finish? Like, there should be a nice closing statement, like Paul's farewell to... <laughs> blah, 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 right? He doesn't do this. So it always seemed like an awkward ending to me. But I love this image of love that never quits and isn't passive. That's what I like about this. I like how Paul phrases, don't give up on one another. And um, I appreciate this about all of you. This is just another encouragement when I was thinking about our community, that you all have a long-suffering kind of love. That's what you have. That's what I see in all of you, long-suffering kind of love. I see it in your relationships with one another. I see this in how you love your family and friends who struggle with faith, who struggle with addiction, who struggle with mental illness. I see how long-suffering you are in your compassion and your love for one another. It's so powerful and such a testimony of who God is and the real work, the authentic good work that he's doing in all of your lives. I see it, and it's so good. I see this in how you love people who come in and out of this community and in and out of faith. I see that because I know that just because people aren't coming to the groves doesn't mean you're not hanging out with them. I know because when people are struggling and they've left, we're still there. We're still present in their lives. We're still people that are dependent on in those situations. And that tells me something about the kind of love and the way that you are living out these things that James is encouraging us to do. Um, I think this is the gift that you all have. 
um, the ability to trust that the journey towards Jesus and towards God is not one that's a straight line, but it's one that can include detours and significant yeah. stops. And I love that about how you are so generous and loving um, about that because we all acknowledge that's our own journey, right? Um, um, I thought of, and if there was something maybe this week that you could head into and in thinking about how um, in this final thought of like not giving up, like not giving up on, on one another and on God's love, um, if there's a passage of scripture that maybe you want to sit with this week about that, I was thinking about Luke 15, the lost uh, sheep, the lost coin, mm. and the lost son. And um, maybe that can just be something that you meditate on or go into this week as you're thinking about how, how to continue to love um, those around you and how to, um, yeah. yeah, be patient and all those things. Mm. So Luke 15, that's sort of my, yeah. yeah. Amen. That's your homework. <laughs> now no one will do it because I just called it homework. <laughs> that's fine. Okay. Um, there it is, James. Check. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got it now. Done. Yeah. Cool, huh? All right. Can I pray for you all? All right, let's pray. And we'll do our, we'll, I'll pray and we'll do our, the thing we do. Um, we'll have a response through music and we'll open up the communion and the basket for giving in the back. Um, feel free to grab some more food, love one another, pray for one another. If you're hurting, all right, let's be sensitive to one another in that too. Yeah. Pray for one another. Yeah. Stuff going on, man. Life is hard. Let's, let's encourage and pray for one another. All right, here it is. God, we um, are, oh man, just uh, grateful for your faithful presence, for your goodness to us, for your word that encourages us and challenges us, that's shaping us in ways that we don't even know. And um, thank you for um, giving us the lives that uh, we have where we get to learn about your love and experience your love with one another. Thank you, God, for building this community and for bringing this group of people together. Um, will you help us to um, learn to trust? Will you heal us in those areas where we have been wounded and hurt, where there's fear and anxiety and um, where we're afraid. Um, will you help us to become whole and healed people? Will you continue through your Holy Spirit to give us grace and compassion and mercy towards one another in those areas where um, we need even more patience, where we've run out, where we're tired, where we're weary? God, will you meet us in those spaces? Um, we confess to you, God, that um, we, we need you, and uh, we just give you the opportunity now in these next few moments to examine our lives, to go searching through our hearts, through our minds, and uh, bring whatever you want to our attention. And may we be quick to um, confess, to repent, and to be made whole, and to be healed. Thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name.